0: Hello and welcome to the Kitchen Conversations podcast. My name is Patricia Rosvora, and I'm the host of this platform where we speak about contemporary art from so-called Eastern Europe. In each episode, you're going to be introduced to one artist or researcher whose visual or activist practice sheds light onto the complex former socialist region with all its histories, cultures, languages, foods, but also traumas and their inevitable contemporary consequences. The podcast is a fully independent platform existing since May 2020. If you enjoy the monthly conversations, you can support me via Patreon or share the episode with your friends or via social channels. Welcome, welcome to all those who are here every fourth Monday to listen to a new kitchen conversation and a warm hello to all those who are here for the first time and found this podcast in the sea of amazing podcasts out there. Before I introduce to you Leonid and tell you a little bit about him and what we're going to talk about, I wanted to share with you a bonus material, five minutes uh, from a workshop I did independently from the podcast, a workshop with a group of Belarusian journalists. And because thematically it's very much connected to my today's conversation and it gives us a bit of context of uh, what has happened in 2020 and after and what has happened to Belarus and to the people who are still there and in exile. I thought it's definitely a good addition to today's conversation, so I hope you enjoy. And after that, I will be back to introduce my today's guest to you. On the 6th of September, I had the pleasure to lead a Kitchen Conversations workshop, the first of its kind, uh, for Kraina Media Sandbox, analysis and exchange that was created in collaboration with Razam Belarusian Community in Germany. And the idea of the project uh, was to bring uh, experts uh, within uh, the fields of journalism and media uh, to Berlin And organize for them uh, a program of uh, workshops, conferences, uh, talks, and so on uh, that speak about uh, different forms of um, knowledge production. And as part of their program, I was invited to speak about kitchen conversations, how I created the podcast, uh, what's the idea behind it. I was speaking a little bit about the guests I'm inviting, uh, how I'm conducting the interviews, also a bit about technical things of creating. Creating a podcast. But in addition to my presentation, I also opened the discussion and created a sort of roundtable kitchen conversations where I invited uh, the seven participants to share with me uh, their knowledge and their stand on democratic developments of the Belarusian society since May 2020. All of uh, the people who took part uh, in the workshop are Belarusian, but because of political reasons, uh, had to leave and are now living in exile in various uh, cities, Warsaw, Vilnius, and so on. And interestingly enough, most of our conversations were focused on the developments in the Belarusian language.
1: I love the word lubricant. That's why I mentioned <laughs> it in Belarusian. Shmaravidla. <laughs> sounds great, and I don't know does it has some connection to it. No, totally. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah so, so it's connected, yeah. very well. <laughs> cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, I also think that's important. not only like on high level, and yeah. not only professional life, but daily life. How oh. to argue with someone in Belarus, and yeah. like yes. how to shock at people in Belarus. Yes. We
0: spoke about the fact that the Belarusian language was for a long time only used by the so-called intelligentsia. So academics, writers, some journalists who knew the language and used it in a very specific kind of high culture way. But there was not really an everyday Belarusian language existing, which is now changing. That, of course, was caused uh, by a decade-long Russification, that is imposing the Russian language on countries that had a different language prior to the Soviet Union. And here, interestingly enough, we also spoke about distinguishing the process of Russification from the process of Russization. So kind. The distinguishing um the historical period between Rush and Russia. So if we speak about Rush, we speak here about uh, the historical period connected to Kievska Rush, and if we speak about Russia, it is uh, contemporary um, Russia and the Soviet Union and In that way, people who have the native language Russian might also come from a different country and not connecting uh, Russian to Russia. But coming back to Belarusian, my guests told me that there are so many contemporary ways, projects, various actions to bring the Belarusian language to life. And not only for a certain uh, group of uh, highly educated people, but for the everyday person. So using a program, an app created by IT specialists who took part in the Belarusian protests back in May 2020, a taxi driver a barista, a person working uh, in uh, customer service could learn their specific lexicon for their specific profession. So the language was kind of being revived uh, by some older words, but also using, creating some new words uh, by putting two or three words together by borrowing them or being inspired uh, from other languages uh, Polish, Ukrainian and so on being very playful with it
1: and I quite recently discovered uh, interesting stuff about how to say enjoy your meal uh, in Belarusian language because we have also kind of two versions uh, which is direct goes from Russian which is like just make it sound a little bit more Belarusian. And Polish version we have also Smaczna mm-hmm. which also came from Polish. And with historian uh, who is discovering Belarusian language, I find out that actually Belarusian was sit boża, which means like kind of let God make you fool. <laughs> Something yeah, yeah. like that. And this is our really unique and traditional, which is only in Belarus exists. because in Ukraine, in Polish, in Russia, they use different. And he's started to promote this because like, let's use real, which is from our roots, which is, we just not take from different language and make it sound a bit Belarusian. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Naturally, social media had a lot to add into this process. Uh, famous influencers were sharing tutorials on TikTok and Instagram about how to swear in Belarusian, how to speak about sex in Belarusian that kind of became this hip and sexy a new way of communicating and is still in development. And I think it's such a brilliant way of um, reconnecting to heritage and to culture through also the modern uh, media channels my today's guest Leonid Kalitenia is a person with a sparkling personality he's full of energy and always uh, thinks about tomorrow and the day after tomorrow he was born in Belarus in 1971 lived and studied there for majority of his life he holds a MA in political science, but is now involved in producing films and various other projects that either try to bring the independent Belarusian cinema to international audiences or support the makers of those films. I met Leonid through a good friend and collaborator, Berenika Partum, who is working with him on the Belarusian Filmmakers Network that you will learn about in this podcast. So, Leonid, are you ready?
2: Yes, I'm ready.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Then let's go. Uh, You arrived to Berlin like a few days ago. Yeah. From?
2: I arrived to Berlin from Belarus. Uh, Exactly, I live in Lithuanian exile. So I arrived from Vilnius, where is my family. And I'm very often traveling Vilnius, Berlin. Vilnius, Berlin. Vilnius, Berlin. Now I'm in Berlin. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and uh, you moved to Vilnius when?
2: 5th of August 2021, I crossed the border with Ukraine and get a flight from Kiev to Vilnius because all my friends were arrested and I have got the call that I should as fast as possible leave the country.
0: And that is because of your work?
2: You know, when repressions come for everything and for work and for friends and for position i mostly uh, thinking about my computer because the names of the friends of partners everything that's why i think if i disappear it will be more safe for people which are stay in country mm-hmm. it was the situation that when i should uh, count all risks not only for me for my family but to other people too
0: and since you left, you didn't go back home, I assume?
2: No, I just uh, get a message nine months ago uh, through some of my friends that, like, short message. I don't know, not from KGB, from somebody. It's good that you not return. Better for you to not return. My friend told me that, don't ask who told me, that, it's just message to you.
0: We are here to speak about film, because that's what you're involved in. And of course, it's directly connected to Belarus, where you're from, and the political situation there, but also the situation of people who, like you, live in exile and still want to create films. But before you started working with films more specifically as a film producer, you did a lot of different things.
2: Yes, I graduated Minsk Radio Engineering Institute. This is like a technical university in 1993, and there is not good times for employment. And the first 10 years I working in selling equipment as a radio engineer. After that, I became part of the trade union, I don't know how it's, I appear here. Maybe I was too active, uh, or maybe, I want more than just ordinary job, I want something more. But uh, maybe because <laughs> I know the uh, person who was the previous leader of trade union, uh, he was dead in 1999, and every one of us know that he was killed. Uh, no investigation, but uh, car accident was so strange, and the uh, second uh, person, which was in with him in the car, disappeared after several weeks after co- court. So we understand that so hard situation, and uh, I think okay, I can function in trade union, and after trade union, and started working in NGOs. Inside the Angels, I learned the profession of project manager. After that, I made dozens projects with NGOs. After that, I understood that also I'm again boring. <laughs> like ten <laughs> years bored, ago. Right? Yes, yes. Not the boring. Biggest, yes, <laughs> the opposite. <laughs> yes, my biggest enemy is boring. First 10 years of selling, after that, boring. After the trade union, okay, after 10 years... Okay, boring. I
0: feel you. I'm yes. also like this. Yes, and
2: uh, once I was in pro- with a project visit in Lithuania, production of small reels about advertisement about rights of people with disabilities, 10 small reels. And I asked the higher level project manager, what do you think, how we can broadcast it in Belarus? He said, by TV. I go, forget about it. What kind of TV you have? And what to do? He said, we could only cancel this part in the project? I said, no, let's make a film. Author film about rights of people with disabilities. He says, okay, not ten small reels but one independent film. Who will lead? I said, let's, I will try. It's not so boring. And we (laughs) made this film, Life in a Checkered Bag, and the film uh, win uh, the biggest at, at this time's price of Belarusian Independence Cinema in the festival Bulba movie made by Janusz Gavriluk in Warsaw, it got a silver Bulba. It was the best price of this year, not gold was made this year. And I understand, wow, it's not only not boring, it's also successful. Okay. Let it be my next profession.
0: Let's go. So you are a film producer. Yeah. Can you tell, for those who don't know, what what is your job in a film production?
2: This is worst job in the place because but it's still not I should serve. I should serve <laughs> the director because he is or she is creator, and she wants this, this, and this, or he wants this, this, and this. After that, I should serve the investor who pays money and wants to have this, this and this. But this is not the same that wants director. After that, I should think about the broadcasting uh, promotion and they wants to have this, this and this, (laughs) which not about the investor, not about about the director. And the public, public wants entertainment. But public could think uh, audience could think that the director is boring, investors is boring. everything is boring. So I should think about the audience. So I serving in four places and trying to be successful everywhere. So producer who takes idea and makes process till the product until the promotion until the Moment when the viewer buys the ticket and money comes into the system and some euros comes to the author. All this chain should be made by producer.
1: So very
0: important role, but probably stays in the shadow. Yeah, yeah. All you do producing films, but also various other projects are very much concentrating on Belarusian independent cinema and the makers of the films. Here in Berlin, you're also uh, working on one uh, very special network for filmmakers. And this is what we want to speak mostly today about in this podcast.
2: Yes, Belarusian Filmmakers Network.
0: Tell me, please, about it, how it started and where it is now today in Berlin.
2: This is a long story, but I will try to be very brief before revolutions we have some illusions that we could move our ministry of culture to the more civilized way of production of the films just showing good examples some successful stories and we were such successful in this way Uh, in 2012 nobody even don't want to hear about independent uh, filmmakers in 2016 more or less okay you exist but you don't know we don't know who you are maybe you're just young you know young nobodies but you exist okay and before uh, 2019 we developed very good network of broadcasting and uh, screening of belarusian independent films and quantity of uh, belarusian independent films was comparable with dependent films made by governmental financing. And it was... Uh, we, we have good uh, direction of development. But after the revolution, I understand that no... any opportunity to deal with this government. Because first, we should release political prisoners. After that, we could speak about what else.
0: Of course, speaking here about 2020.
2: Yes, yes. So this is about revolution 2020. It was horrible year, but it was very important year because I saw so many bright people, so many heroism, so many things that so impressed me so much, that's why I I don't think that revolution, this is only the victims. This is also the examples how uh, honest people could be. For Belarusians, this is year of ownership, of honest uh, of our people. But anyway, uh, when I and a lot of my colleagues appear uh, in exile, we appear in a situation where there is nobody who represents us. Inside country we have some networks, some uh, councils in the ministry which has not a big influence but exists some kind. But now somewhere in Poland, Lithuania, Georgia, Germany, Czech Republic, everywhere. Our people were disappointed, disoriented and don't know what to do.
0: People working with film.
2: Yes, yes, filmmakers. I mean, uh, not ordinary. Means uh, our colleagues from uh, filmmakers from Belarus living in exile. Yes, difficult to socialize in the social system, but much more difficult to be included in the professional life, in the professional bodies, professional community, in the country which uh, don't know culture good way, don't know language, and uh, you uh, don't want to be, for example, Polish film producer or Polish film director because you're Belarusian. You want to continue your work. And after that, we decided in 2022 to make, me and a few of my friends from film industry, we decided to make film in film market in Berlin, in Berlinale, a uh, corner of Belarusian independent filmmakers just to registrate and make um, stand of Belarusian independent cinema direction of berlinale said that okay let's make it and even uh, gave us zero price for it just we need to collect films and make all preparations we started to make this release, but unfortunately, COVID. The festival was offline, but uh, market was online. But this was the first step. Next year, we made together with Belarusian independent film academy common um, stand of Belarusian independent cinema in uh, Berlinale film market.
0: And so what was the interest, were people interested in the films? What was like the the feedback you got from the industry?
2: We expected that maybe five, ten persons will be interested because we offered only independent films, low budget films, not bad films, I think good films, but uh, it was approximately ten films we offered to specialists. And we made a discussion about uh, filmmakers under the risk. And uh, when I count h- how many people visited our events, it was uh, 46 experts. It's not enough, it's bigger than enough. I, and I understood that we, we have to offer something and there uh, exists a demand among uh, the experts, so we should continue. But about Great. the network. Exactly,
0: but the
2: network. When we started to register in Berlinale, we understood that if you're registering, you should give the name of company, but we're representing, not the company, we're representing national cinema. Uh, and in the rules exist, if you're representing national cinema, you should have docs from your Ministry of Culture that you are representing national cinema. That's of
0: course a problem.
2: Yes, it was a problem, and... Uh, Uh, We tried before several times to be registered without Ministry of Culture and we were rejected by direction of Berlinale. But in 2022, they said, okay, we know about your Ministry of Culture. (laughs) So, So you're available, but you should have some kind of structure. And we, three friends, understand, okay, let's make a structure. Let's name it, not bureaucratic name, network. But what kind of network? Belarusian, yes. Belarusian network of what? Of filmmakers. So it became Belarusian Filmmakers Network,
0: and now you are organizing different events. It's alive. It's working. You are growing. Maybe first of all, for who is it, and how can people be part of it?
2: Um, Belarusian Filmmakers Network for everybody who part of Belarusian independent film uh, film industry. It is not industry. Maybe a film community. It could be young uh, editors, young producers, directors, sound producers, everybody, who appear in abroad in exile or who still uh, still in uh, Belarus.
0: Okay, so it's also for people who are still in Belarus. They yes, can also, I, this is the independent
2: center or independent network representing uh, interests and represent uh, demand of Belarusian people involved in filmmaking. As uh, commercial, as non-commercial, as avant-garde, as underground, everybody.
0: Some of those people, let's say filmmakers or producers or editors, who now found themselves, for example, in Poland or Lithuania, What are they doing now without being able to actually make films? What does their reality look like?
2: 50-50. 50% /50. 50 try to find somewhere in the film industry, in TV and uh, something connected with profession. 50% are working taxi drivers, managers, sales engines. uh, The second part for me is a big tragedy because... Not about the taxi drivers. I not hate taxi drivers. We need them,
0: right?
2: We need them, okay. The Uber but drivers. Uh, yeah,
0: it's difficult. If the
2: film director working uh, in the construction service, maybe film director, film. my uh, friend film director, works every day in building constructions, and evening he's sitting and making scripts. This is not right situation. I will be more satisfied it is if he will works as a film director and brings more good things in his professional line that as a constructor or builder.
0: Why? What do you think? Does film have that interests you so much in terms of like political message, maybe? Uh, in comparison to other art mediums? I mean, I know that your background is not in art, but just generally speaking, or maybe literature, or maybe politics itself, why is film the one medium that you want to put your energy in? And it's like, you guys who make films are the ones who should have space to do it because it's important for the future of Belarus as well.
2: This is a very philosophical question. If to speak also very briefly, uh, in differ from literature or music, uh, the film and cinema make influence on the viewers and through the eyes and through the ears and because you're sitting in the big hall with other people, uh, this is effect when you inside the crowd. If you want to change opinion of the people, you should uh, make, I don't know, several lectures about something is wrong. If you want to read the book, for example, I don't know, Peace and War of Tolstoy, you have to spend uh, several days. But film, this is two hours. And during two hours, you could totally change view of the hundreds of person, persons. That's why cinema is very powerful art and cinema understandable for everybody who reads complicated books or just looking on um, TikTok. TikTok. Because it's visual, sound and drama in, in one package. Second thing, um, cinematography This is necessary part of the culture. Of course, we have Belarusian literature, we have Belarusian music, we have um, historical heritage. But about the modern arts, we should have our cinema because this is the mirror of the society with problems, with faces, with heroes, with enemies, with everything. And we need this this mirror. That's why if we need, we should have. The third thing in uh, modern media, world connected when connected by networks of internet tiktok facebook of uh, everything sometimes not enough just speaking of politicians the art should speak and here the place of uh, cinematography also very big so we need to build all these three things this is a very huge task for me now. I uh, even cannot imagine how 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 many efforts it takes. I only hope that my friends and colleagues will be will be made the same efforts and we will be successful. I hope.
0: I hope. so I think I see your energy and you're all in, so I think it's on the good way. And Thanks. you're here in Berlin because you are actually working on an upcoming event.
2: Name of the conference um, Socialization and Professional Integration of Belarusian freelance filmmakers into the industry of Germany and EU. Uh, this is our tool to integrate our professionals into professional networks. We made this conference together with Smart DE cooperative uh, for freelancers.
0: Where we are right now also. Yes, where we
2: <laughs> are right now. And I think uh, that uh, their experience in um, socialization and uh, professional integration will be useful for us.
0: Can you tell a little bit some like keynotes of the program, what will happen?
2: Our program, this is a combination of several kind of events, including visiting cultural places of Berlin, including one-to-one meeting with experts, including uh, research of experience of smart DE in integration issues, financial opportunities, including educational opportunities. So it's complex... Uh, of events uh, which aimed to make full picture of opportunities to our filmmakers that to them to understand how to deal with the system. Because the system in EU is so complicated, even no all European Union citizens know how it works but we are not uh, 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 we are not citizens yet but Especially we should Germany.
0: know
2: <laughs> yes uh, but we should know better than then
0: people can check what you did so far on your website i will also link that in the show notes and once the podcast is out the conference here in berlin will also be over but of course you continue you will have various stuff going on also online tell me how can people apply like how can they become part of the network
2: very easy uh, we have website Film net dot work and exist uh, bottom join us just push the bottom and uh, answer the questions uh, including the motivation what do you want from us and uh, like in Facebook okay you on board
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's easy these days yes very easy shortly we are uh, reaching the end of our conversation And of course, I want to use this time to ask you for some film recommendations. And maybe you can look for some ones which are less known to the general audience. Uh, Some good Belarusian films that people could watch and get informed about what's happening Mm. and what's the future of Belarus. Mm. Let's start with three.
2: You know, I have a collection about 200 good films <laughs> uh, as a producer I could offer at that moment I would offer the film 2 of Lada Sinkova, because in my point of view this is the best her film it shows situation in Belarus before the revolution and good uh, actors and good drama
0: Right, number two. Um,
2: if you want to understand something about the revolution, the best film, Andrei Kutila, he working in Warsaw. His uh, film, When the Flowers Couldn't Keep Silence.
0: This would be the translation.
2: Very good film. I think the best about the revolution. About very ordinary people, very ordinary situation, but so good made... As for me, is the best one.
0: And number three?
2: Number three, I would like to offer you something funny. Because Belarusians, they are not only the victims of dictatorship of Russia and so on. Maybe I would offer the film Fostering, which you saw yesterday. Yes. Because this is ironic, this is grotesque, and this is a film about the character of Belarusians and uh, this film full of humor at the same time and in the end of the year three more novels in this style will be developed and I think, I hope, the Belsat will make the screening also the in Berlin, not only in YouTube. Because on big screen, this is a big screen. This is sound, this is uh, other thing. So I think th- the name of the um, project will be named with four small novels. First novel named Fostering, but whole project named Processes. It's uh, linked to the Kafka process. And I think it could be best film of this year. For my test, of course. These three, this is my choice for today. Maybe tomorrow will be Maybe next.
0: tomorrow will be different, of course. And it's not like the three best. It's just
2: yeah, yeah. your it's choice m- my for test, today. Exactly, test.
0: that's cool that you said that. And yeah, if people follow the network, they will for sure encounter more of amazing films. And I think a lot of Belarusian filmmakers and artists listen to the podcast. So hopefully they will contact you and mm-hmm. get in touch. Uh, last but not least surprising question probably for you Mm -hmm. (laughs) but i wanted to speak about food this is kitchen conversations Mm. we speak about art politics today film Mm -hmm. but also food somehow especially when you live abroad or in exile like food and home is somehow connected is there any food that you crave from belarus
2: (laughs) (laughs) uh first three months i was crazy about um, all Belarusians uh, wants to have some food from the motherland because uh, not the, the same food made in Poland, the same food made in Lithuania because our kitchen is very comparable. A lot of uh, dishes made very comparable. Very similar, yeah. but anyway, how it made in Belarus, it's not the same. <laughs> and first three months, I was crazy about... Cottage cheese with chocolate and because every morning you're starting with coffee, juice and cottage cheese. What juice? Orange juice? Orange or without juice, no no matter. Or not coffee, (laughs) never mind. But cottage cheese should be. Uh-huh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so, and the taste, what made in Poland, not the same, and what made in Lithuania, not the same. And first three months, when my friends uh, asked me what to bring from the motherland, I said, please bring me cottage cheese, these pieces. <laughs> and once, when I was in uh, Georgia in event for Belarusians, they bring me two kilos.
0: <laughs> oh <my.
2: laughs> and uh, because these cottage cheese pieces that could be eaten only three days or four days. So
0: it has to be in the fridge, right? Yeah, Probably? but
2: even in the fridge, after five days, they uh, lost the taste. I came with these two kilos and uh, to share it with my family, with my Ukrainian friends. Everybody was so satisfied with it. But after that, I understood... So this is enough. I will <laughs> forgot about it. <laughs> and uh, this uh, yes, this funny story. And uh, if to speak nowadays, people bring uh, from Belarus corn sticks.:
0: Corn sticks
2: uh, with uh, sugar. All right. also because tastes differ from other countries. So, and uh, all Belarusian diaspora is kidding each other. Why these cottages and why these corn steaks? Not the meat, not the cheese, not, the, I don't know, fat, no, no sausages, but this is sweets.
0: Maybe you need some sweets for, to get, you know, yeah, yeah. more positive. Maybe this way. Yeah, the maybe thing.
2: this way. That's why.
0: Thanks for sharing this insights. I hope people can relate. For me, it was yeah, nice to hear. I think I tried this one in Hungary, like a very probably not the same taste, mm-hmm. but the idea of it. Thank you so much, Leonid, for the conversation. Thank you. And all the links uh, to the network and the films as well, I will place in the show notes so people can enjoy those mm-hmm. as well.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye. I'm <laughs> sorry.
0: This was it for today. Thank you for reaching till the end of this podcast episode. The next one is coming in four weeks, always on Monday. Please follow the podcast and leave a rating if you're listening on Spotify. There is two ways you can support the further development of this platform. Number one is to buy the Kitchen Conversations cookbook Homey Recipes from Artists that features uh, home dishes from the first 17 guests who appeared on the podcast and number two is to become a patron of Kitchen Conversations and support uh, this platform with an amount of your choice that starts with two fifty dollars per month. More info you can find on patreon.com slash kitchen conversations. In the meantime, take good care and we hear each other soon.